Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Joe Elliott from uh, Death Leopard. And his band Down and Outs. Never thought I'd make it to the surface. I'm riding with the circus, and I can't stop this train. All hail to the creatures of the universe. This is really different from Def Leppard. The song is called Creatures. The album in this book is This Is How We Roll. And so here's how it went. We talked to Joe Elliott just a couple hours ago about this and a lot about Def Leppard and the tour. Here's Joe Elliott from Def Leppard on the bone. Hey, Joe. I'm good. How are you? Hello from Long Island. Doing great. Hello from Dublin, where I am literally, literally in a monsoon. Oh, oh yeah. really? <laughs> you know, when I, when I was a kid growing up in the UK, monsoons happened in places like the Philippines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, they're like a regular occurrence. I mean, it rains a lot in Ireland, but this is huh. beyond... Is that, where you make, is, that, is that where you make your home these days? Oh, yeah, for 35 years now. Oh, Jesus. Wow. How come? What well, well, like it here. What's Pubs. Nothing to do with the weather. <laughs> yeah, clearly, it's got nothing right. to do with the weather. <laughs> hey, Joe, this thing you're doing with the down and outs, this is the third album from the band. Am I crazy? This thing started as you doing cover songs of, like, Mata Hoople and stuff, right? Well, okay, I'll give you the 60-second synopsis, if mm. possible. When Mata yeah. Hoople reformed in 2009... Right. You're going to open up? They've been split since 74. Now, so 1980 comes along. We get together. We start getting asked, who's your favorite bands growing up? And I would always name-check Mott. And then eventually Def Leppard becomes a very popular band, and I keep name-checking Mott. And because we're popular, it gets back to the band members. There's this kid in a band from Sheffield, England, telling everybody how wonderful Mott the Hoople are. Mm. When they reform, I've got to know them all over the years by then. And Ian Hunter said to me, look, you know, You've been a champion for so long. We'd like to get you involved in in these um, these reunion shows. So will you open and be like the special guest on the last night that we do in, the, in London? I said, well, I'd love to, but who am I going to get for my backing band? You know? mm-hmm. And um, the, luckily, the promoter of the shows also looked after the London Choir Boys. Oh, wow. And they volunteered to be my band. So I had them minus Spike, the singer. In fairness, got him up to do one and all we were going to do was play for 45 minutes, one-off show. And what I did, I, I chose 10 songs connected to Mott the Hoople, but not Mott the Hoople. In other words, everything that they did after they split up, Ian went solo, the band carried on under the abbreviated name Mott, and they morphed into a band called British Lions. So I picked my 10 favorite songs from that period, and I played them. And we went to the, the during the interval, we went to the, uh, the bar in the foyer and literally got press-ganged by all the fans mm. make an album. And so that's how my regeneration came around 10 years ago, uh, nine years ago. And uh, we had some very good radio success with England Rocks and Overnight Angels in America with it. So that made us think, okay, we've got one album out. It looks like we're going to do a second one because this has really got legs, you know, right. in its own little side project way, if you like. So 
but we've all got motherships that are very busy, so mm-hmm. we can only get together. For, it's like Christmas holidays. You can only get everybody in the one room. Yeah, right. Because of something as, 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 you know, ginormous as Christmas or Easter or whatever. Or a funeral. And so, <laughs> you know, yeah. So we, we managed in 2014 to do it again, and it's taken us this long right. to get this third album out. But wow. again, that was, that was tripped up by the fact that we'd made the decision to write the third album and not do covers. So I wanted to now write some songs that were in the spirit of, you know, that classic 70s rock and roll stuff that was Elton, you know, Queen, yeah. NCC, ELO, yeah. uh, Mott, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, even Leon Russell to a point, you know. Um, I wrote most of the songs on a piano, so they have a totally different headspace to what, say, Leopard material sure. you know, that I contributed towards would have. So, you know, it was an interesting thing, but yet, so essentially, yes, it was started off as a as part of the Motlupa reunion shows, uh, and then it just it, it just because of fan, you know, kind of demand, right. it carried on and and it became like a legitimate band. Really, <laughs> were you surprised that it? Were you surprised that it came to anything in the states? Well, yeah, because I just didn't think that anybody would care enough. Right. You know I mean, okay, I'm the singer in Def Leppard, and there's a certain amount of you know, right. that resonates to a certain amount of sure, people. Sure, of course. But we all know that, you know, Mick Jagger puts solo records out, nobody right. really cares. Nope, and not so much. And Stones, you know, so yeah. it's one of those things where you don't know, but I wasn't doing it for the gratification of, like, success or money or anything like that. I was like, this is just a good laugh. <laughs> and that the guys I was working with was such a such a fun thing to do. It's, it's like stepping out of being in a soap opera for, like, 40 years. And then being invited to perform in this really cool indie indie movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I listened to this. We uh, we listened to the song "Creatures" this morning from the new album. Yeah, that was really different. Beatlesy, right? Yeah, there, I've had so many people say to me Beatles, and I can see that. But for me, Bowie-esque, and it's yeah. hmm. it's the early Bowie. It's the really obscure Bowie. There's a couple of songs that he never really released until they came out as B-sides long after the fact. Yeah. Songs like Velvet Goldmine and stuff like this. That it, it's very British vaudeville. But that mm. comes from the Beatles, in fairness. So it's like, it's going back a generation. Now, I'm influenced by Bowie, who was influenced by the Beatles. I can hear a little bit of maybe Lady Madonna in it, or Maxwell's Silver Hammer, mm-hmm. that kind of Beatles type stuff. It's very umpar, if you like. And yeah. that's why we ended up putting a tuba on it. We wanted to go the whole hog and, you know, <laughs> complete with a whistling solo. I mean, yeah. it just really was separated yeah. from anything I've ever done in the past. Yeah, it's just such a, even, not, not even that, just uh, as songs that are coming out go, it's so different the way it changes up, you know? Yeah, it, it, it will. It, it happens it, like three, it, four it times. Comes from a, it comes from a long line of vaudeville music that's no longer either valid in people's eyes or people just don't go there anymore. Mm. And I thought, well, if I take this and grab it by the horns and give it a go, it's going to get a chance because of who I am to be heard. And people will go, I've never heard, you know, especially younger generation people who right. weren't even born when, say, Bowie was doing this right. original thing in the 70s. will hear this and hear this type of vaudeville rock, if you like, for the very first time. And it, it, you never know, it could be very appealing. It's almost in the same breath as like when you think about when the Stray Cats broke out in the, in the 80s. Mm, right. They were making music that sounded like the 50s. Right, that's true. And, but it, it really took off, you know. Um, yeah. I'm not expecting this to challenge Mariah Carey at the top of the show. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, as, as, a, as a musical expression, as an artistic expression, it, I love it because it's one of those songs that everybody that I, 
has played it or has commented to me about it mm. is that he just makes them smile. Well, you know what? Job done. You know. I would think going into the studio with the down and outs has got a hell of a lot less pressure on it than going into the studio with Leopard because of expectations. Correct. Well, there is that. Yeah, we we've kind of put that particular thing to bed anyway over the last couple of years. When when Leopard went in to make the last album in 2014, we had absolutely no pressure on us at all. It was great. You know, we mm. we didn't have a record label. We were we were free and clear of any contractual obligation. We didn't have a release date. We didn't have an A and R man hovering over our shoulders. We mm. made the record that we wanted to make. In fact, we didn't go in to make a record. We went in to make a three-track EP. And when we played each other the ideas, we realized we had 12. Wow. And then when we went back a few months later to work on those songs again, it was kind of before and after the tour that we did with Kiss that year, um, we came up with two more songs. So we ended up with 14 <laughs> songs. And all of a sudden, like, Jesus, we've got an album. So we kind of accidentally made an album. So there was absolutely zero pressure. So, you know, it, it was great to kind of exercise that particular demon, if you like. Um, but especially with the down and outs, yeah, it's, I go in there with a totally different headspace because it's me and a bunch of guys mm. that come from other bands where, where we just kind of, we're thrown together. It's almost like something like um, one of these TV reality shows where they put you on a desert <laughs> island and you <laughs> turn out. I see what happens. We, we all knew our roles. Yeah. They were more happy, they were happy enough to let me take the lead because right. I wrote all the songs. That's exciting, though. That sounds very yeah, exciting. The, uh, the tube song. And, and just yeah, the scratch pictures that you white, never get to scratch in, in Def Leppard. White Punk's on Dope is a cool choice. I'll tell you that. Yeah, well, it's one of those songs that's been in the back of our mind to do. We, we yeah. very briefly, and I mean very briefly, five years ago, discussed maybe the third Down and Out album would be covers of other artists, but not nothing related to Mott at all. Mm -hmm. Right. We, after two beers, we kept... Nah, let's not bother. <laughs> right. We'd already discussed that we all love white punks. So in, in in essence, that was the first song that we decided to record all those years ago. And when uh -huh. we came to doing this, and I'd written all these tunes, we were all kind of looking at each other going, let's not forget white punks, it's really going to work. Yeah. So we purposely kind of put it on at the end, so that it worked as like a kind of an encore. You know, when I was a kid, I saw endless amount of bands play a 45-minute set and they'd come out, come out an encore with Johnny Be Good. Because it's what you did. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I thought, how cool would it be to take that principle of using one classic song um, at the end? Now, it's not as well known as Johnny Be Good by any means, but right. in our little world, in a down and it's out, cool. we all really loved the tubes because they were the perfect hybrid between the British glam rock of Bowie and T-Rex mm, yeah. and the upcoming movement of the punk stuff that was going to happen a year after that album came out. So in many ways, the tubes were ahead of themselves. So it's a very punky song. Hey, Absolutely right. On with some of the, with the leopard stuff, you know, we talked to you years ago, a few years ago, and it was before you guys had even been nominated for the Hall of Fame, for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I had mentioned to you that I had seen a bunch of interviews and read a bunch of interviews and how you always wanted to be, in the end, wanted to be, in the conversation with the Aerosmiths and the Stones and the Zeppelins. And now you are. Uh, well, yeah, we, we, we were happy to coattail ride on all our heroes. You right. Know? Um, <laughs> the, when it came to, like, the Hall of Fame, I, I, I can understand why the, the, the guys, the invisible committee, if you like, mm. you know, the, the editor of Rolling Stone and yeah. all these kind of people, don't 
don't want bands like us and the Motley Crews and the Bon Jovis of this world in, in, in the Hall of Fame because they see it as something for U2 and R.E.M. and Loud and Wainwright and Lou Reed and all right. this kind of arty-farty type. <laughs> right. right. With the greatest, I mean, look, you two aren't that. I, I love yeah. you two. In fairness, I'm an enormous fan of Lou Reed, so I get it. But what it does is, when you know that that's the kind of artist that they're looking for, you just have a feeling you're never going to get in. Mm. So in 2005, when we were first eligible, nothing happened. And in 2006, 2007, we had occasionally get the nibbled question. You know, you guys are now eligible the last couple of years. And we wouldn't even know that we were. And we go, okay, well, all right, whatever. And then the question keeps coming like somebody prodding you in the chest. And eventually you just bat the arm away. And you're like, look, okay, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're eligible. We're never going to get nominated. They don't want us in. We don't care about the Hall of Fame. So we had this mantra for 10 years, you know, <laughs> F the Hall of Fame, if you like. Right. We're not... We're not bothered, you know. It doesn't make... It, nothing that we do is going to be affected whether we're in there or we're not, you know. That's we're true. Going to right. sell tickets or we're not going to sell tickets. We're going to make records and they're going to sell or they're not. It doesn't make any difference. There are, trust me, there's plenty of bands in the Hall of Fame that are playing bowling alleys. You know? <laughs> so true. We, we know that it's... it's not You're so right. <laughs> to a, to a, you know, to some kind of Shangri-La. Yeah. But in 2012, we get asked the question again by some journal who says, by the way, they've been, they've uh, introduced a fan vote. And I was like, oh, okay, really? And then two, three years later, we hear rumors that we might get nominated. Mm. And when we did, of course, now that the fans are involved, we're like more than excited to be involved because yeah. it's not the invisible committee. Mm -hmm. It's the actual people that put us where we are today voting. And, and we got the biggest fan vote of all time. And now we can coattail right on the back of the who and you too, and, and the Beatles and the Stones and all that kind of crowd, because there's only 303 artists in the, in the Hall of Fame, I'm told, mm. and we're one of them. So what a great club to be in, you know, Elvis mm -hmm. Presley and Chuck Berry and all that lot. Right. These are the pioneers that gave us the opportunity to do what we do, you know, and without the bands that came before us that we rushed out to buy all their records for, we wouldn't have wanted to be in a band that could mimic what they were doing mm. and then develop our own style as we went along. So... We're eternally grateful to be at the bottom of that particular league, you know, but um, for our own fans, it's a wonderful thing because a lot of Def Leppard fans don't necessarily really resonate with the bands that came before us. They would say, mm. yeah, my brother likes it, but I've never really heard of you, you know, know, that kind of thing. So it's a generational thing, you know. You guys are at that level, though. Take the Vegas residencies where you can go park your ass in one place and let the fans come to you, and they've proven... That they'll come to you. 29 days in the same bed. That's what I'm Hallelujah. saying. <laughs> yeah. So then, and by the way, you do a really good job with social media and uh, giving everybody an idea of what yeah. that whole residency was like. You did a really great job with that stuff. But now you, you now you got a good team around it, you know. Now you're taking on this thing, this monster with, <laughs> with Motley and Poison and Joan Jett. You think Which, everybody's excited or what? My God. You, I've had so many people mention it to me. You can say that. I think you're insane. <laughs> I think it's going to be great. You see, then, then you see, if you think we're insane, then we're doing the right thing. Right. I'm thinking to myself. You know, because the, this is rock and roll. It's not, it's not architecture. Mm -hmm. It's not something as critical as if you get the measurements one trillimeter wrong on an airplane design, this is going to crash. Right. This is rock and roll. We can sing wrong notes. 
you, you look at a girl who's took her top off and you start singing the wrong words. Right. That's what we do when you, you know, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's an interpretation of your past work. It's never going to be identical. You go up there to celebrate what you do. If, if we're insane taking this out the road, then I say, good for us. You know, right. when you think about it, if we've got us, Molly Coo, we've got Poison and Joan Jett. We're basically taking a festival on the road. Yeah. You are. It was initially meant to be in 22 cities. It's now pushing 30 because the demand is so yeah, high. It's crazy. We've already sold out some of these stadiums. Yeah. It's not even Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you, if you get a chance to see Joan do what she does, we just did a show with her at Jones Beach this past summer. And I'm, this woman absolutely loves what she's doing. Yeah, she's and it just... well, if I can just interrupt you, she has she's toured with us twice before. Okay, we've, we've been out on the road with her '99 and I think 2007, um, and she's fantastic. You know, we we were so happy that she wanted to do this because mm. you know there was a possibility that anybody would have said no, but we were like going, please, I hope she, she says yes to this because right. we like watching her from the side. Yeah, you know, I mean, last 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 two years ago we were out with uh, sorry last year. Um, 18 months or so ago, we were out with Journey, and on a bunch of those shows, we had various different third acts, like Peter Frampton, and mm. we had the Pretenders for, like, five shows. Wow. And we would literally stand on the side of the stage watching Christy Hine do her thing, because she's so, so brilliant. And mm. it's the same with Joan Jett. We would go out there and watch her every night, because she has got some amazing songs. And let's not forget, as a 16-year-old boy back in Sheffield, yep. I saw her at the Sheffield University in The Runaways. Wow. So I go back a long way with Joan Jett mm -hmm. emotionally, and I'm so happy to see this woman. Whenever I see her do interviews, whenever I see her on stage, she's 16 years old perpetually. She yeah. she has all what you should have in this business. Yeah, I know how her age. You I know, know. You, you've got to keep that enthusiasm. I know how big a fan of music you are. If you ever get a chance to watch the documentary they just made about her, and the way it starts and how it ends. Her walking on stage to accept her nomination into the Hall of Fame. If you got an hour, you're on a flight, you're doing whatever, pull it up on Netflix or wherever. They, it was Is awesome. Is that the documentary that's called Bad Reputation? Yes. Well, here's the thing. I'm holding it in my hand. Uh. It was sent to me by Joan Jett as a thank you <laughs> when we did the big press thing in L.A. Uh, two weeks ago and she couldn't make it. She sent everybody a little gift. Uh, bag. Yeah. And uh, amongst the hoodie and t shirts, <laughs> there was this documentary. <laughs> yeah, which nice I'm going to watch tonight. Yeah, there you go. It's actually, it's really, really good. Hey, Joe, did you, uh, as my, did you guys as a band pick who else you wanted on this monster tour here? Did, were you guys the, well, we the forefront of the whole thing? We didn't sit down and siphon it through, but mm -hmm. what, what we did do is we got wind of the fact that because of the success of the dirt, um, that Motley were going to tear up the contract. Yeah. Which, and in fairness, I'm not anything nasty here. I did talk to, to Nikki. Um, I, I mean, we converse on the phone quite a lot or email. And I went, well, you know, it was always going to happen. I suppose you had to have a decent excuse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they wrote the contract in blood. And what, yeah, I'm not sure it was theirs. You know, it may have been pig's blood, but yeah, <laughs> contract to be broken. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, they are the epitome of theatre. And so for them to actually get together five years ago and sign this contract, for us, you know, cynical types, not to be going, okay, well, yeah, didn't Sure do this? Sinatra, mm. Bowie, yeah. Everybody. You know, Elton John. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so what's new, you know? So once we got wind of the, the grown-ups in the background get together and talk and say, what about, you know, going out with Motley? We're like, mm. 
Oh, so they are going to get back together. Okay, fine. And then, of course, Poison and, and Joan came up. It was like, wow, okay, we've just turned this into a full-on traveling circus. Yep. Um, kind of freak show, you know, kind of, um, it's our own traveling festival. <laughs> and it's like, what a great thing to bring into the football stadium. You know, I think it's awesome. Are you so and we, my... were, we were involved in a, in a sense, like, we didn't make the suggestions. Right. When they were made to us, we were, like, totally on board. Are you and Motley doing full headline sets, full production, full pyro, yeah, full everything? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely And the awesome. one thing that I'll, I'll answer before you ask, no, we're not going to do an all-star jam at the end. Right. <laughs> time. Um, because I can tell you this much, uh, if they're going on first, they'll be long gone by the time we finish and vice versa. Right, right. right. You know, um, oh, you alternating? Nobody wants, nobody wants to hang around for two hours to play. I saw her standing there for two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys? Are, are, you make a good point. Are you alternating? Who's going on last? Is that a yeah, thing? Yeah, we are. Yeah, okay. we're doing a. We're doing. The, you know, the fair's fair. We, we've we've divvied up the cities how we we seem fit to do it. All right. and, um, nice. Yeah, it's going to work out. It's going to work Can out. You, right. I just hope that people come early enough because I would hate for Joan to be going on to an empty stadium. She deserves to be playing. For yeah, that's true. Sure Can you do all a favor for all men over forty and just tell Phil to put a shirt on? <laughs> He's oh, embarrassing us. Him, but he won't listen. But no, he won't. He won't listen. <laughs> I just want to tackle him and shove a donut down his throat. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? He probably wouldn't make any difference because yeah. he has a theory. You know, like if he worked out a certain amount of hours per week, what or per day, right. doesn't matter what he eats. So it's true. Yeah. Well, it's working. It is getting the gym. You know, yeah. bastard. <laughs> hey, Joe. Before we go, I just want to tell you we have a poster-sized picture of you and Def Leppard early in the early years. It's on the back of the big door into our men's room here. <laughs> and, and it's awesome. and it's from, now you're a kid, you're holding up a North Sheffield Avenue street sign, and you're in somewhere tropical with palm trees. Might be Florida, might not. And Rick is carrying like a small equipment case, and it's got our radio station bumper sticker on it. That's why it's poster size in our building. I know that picture well. Yeah. yeah. Sheffield Avenue. Yeah. I think it might have been... Uh, it could have been like near Santa Monica in L.A. Oh, it could have been really California, forget. sure. I, you know what? It's, I know the photo. It's sort of mm. phantom memory of where it was taken. Right. It certainly wasn't Pittsburgh. <laughs> I know it, <laughs> it wasn't Sheffield, and it certainly wasn't Dublin. So, <laughs> well, we have a big... So what happened was I, go, I got the picture book, you know, the uh, Ross Halfin did that picture, the photo book of you guys, right? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I saw that picture in there, and I went to our marketing guy. I'm like, uh, we got to do this something with this. This picture is crazy. So we may have blown up a couple of pictures and gave them out to listeners. Don't <laughs> no, be, that's okay. Don't be I'm upset. I'm not going to come after you. As long as you keep playing our music. Of course. Uh, From I, album and, one. And, and, and the down and out stuff. Mm. I will let that one slide. Right on. That's awesome, Joe. Hey, hey, it's always good talking to you. And thanks for all the time you gave us. We appreciate it. Yeah, man. Uh, anytime, guys. Hey, My pleasure. Good luck, uh, I guess. Thank you. I guess good luck. Lucky I needs luck. Guys. Hope you have a quality umbrella. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. See you next year. <laughs> See you soon, man. Thank Take you. Take care, Joe. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Joe Elliott from Def Leppard and his band, Down and Outs. This is their third album, and it's the song Creatures that came out. It's it's definitely not Def Leppard, but it's, it's I find it really interesting. No, I was surprised. Cool knowing it came from his head, too. That when he said, I said it was Beatley, he goes, it's not the Beatles, it's, it's, <laughs> it's Bowie. Who was influenced by the Beatles. Right. <laughs> it's good, dude. That was fun. Yep. There it is. How could he not hear Beatles? Yeah, especially the way they did this. And song, dare I so. say, Oasis.
Oh, is that what you hear? A little bit. You don't hear Oasis a little, a little bit, Brett? Uh, no? <laughs> I You're really trying to, but no. Huh? I could be wrong. Mm. Mm. So there's Joe Elliott. They Hope you Beatles, enjoyed definitely. it. Yeah. I've never uh, felt so alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all in with Bowie and B. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.